0: section twenty two of the early hanoverians by edward ellis morris this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami book two chapter seven dettingen to Fontenoy. the two years of which the battle of dettingen formed the centre were years of great success for maria theresa bohemia and upper austria reconquered and the french invaders thus driven back everywhere from her territory the emperor nominally her chief enemy lost his own country bavaria and was dependent for his very subsistence on the bounty of france england was upon her side lavish with subsidies and now at length with an army in the field but maria theresa would not make peace she wanted to humiliate france and to annul the election of the emperor The results of her obstinacy were twofold. France, which had hitherto professed to hold a secondary position in the war, to be only the emperor's auxiliary, declared war both against England and Austria, and entered upon it with great vigor, choosing as battleground that unfortunate country which has been called the cockpit of Europe, the Austrian Netherlands secondly maria theresa brought frederick again into the field against her he professed to be only concerned for the emperor but he probably felt that if her career of victory continued without a check the first use which maria theresa would make of her consolidated and increased power would be to make one more effort to regain the province of silesia the loss of which she so bitterly regretted frederick's principle always was to strike first if a blow from any quarter was impending as champion of the emperor frederick organized a union of german princes called the union of frankfort but either they had no care for german unity or they mistrusted frederick besides himself and the emperor only two princes joined it exactly two years after the peace of breslau the second silesian war began it lasted eighteen months during which the death of the emperor seemed to remove all reason for the war frederick invaded bohemia and seized prague then was driven back into silesia was followed won a great battle entered bohemia again and there won another battle by this time saxony had joined austria with designs which extended as far as the partition of prussia again to be beforehand frederick invaded saxony won two great battles, had Saxony entirely at his mercy, and then showed himself exceedingly moderate in his terms. Peace was signed on Christmas Day, 1745, at Dresden. The king himself, urged by one of his favorites to shake off his torpor and show himself a real king, went to command the army in the Netherlands, and there saw Marshal Saxe take several towns news came that the austrians were invading alsace and the king went against them with noailles and an army of fifty thousand men on the way he was taken ill at metz and it was thought that he would die from his sick-bed he sent a message to marshal noailles remember that conde won a battle whilst louis Thirteenth was being carried to his tomb there was great excitement throughout france about the king's illness and when a rumour reached paris that it had ended fatally the mourning was widespread and genuine a violent remedy not prescribed by the physicians cured the malady and there was great rejoicing it was then that he received the title well-beloved which he a dissolute and profligate man deserved less than any king what possibilities of beneficent reform were open to a king if such loyalty still attached to his office this was not quite fifty years before the beheading of his grandson in the french revolution the well-beloved certainly helped to bring it on early in seventeen forty four the british fleet won a victory over the combined french and spanish fleets not far from the harbour of toulon the victory was not so complete as it might have been because of the want of harmony between the officers in command of the fleet and the bulk of the french and spanish ships were able to escape about the naval supremacy of great britain there was no doubt in january seventeen forty five the emperor charles the seventh died in his own capital at munich it is usual to say that his death was as much the result of his troubles as of disease but if he had half the illnesses that voltaire assigns to him he had quite enough to kill him without any disasters he had the gout and the stone they found his lungs his liver and his stomach gangrened stones in his bladder and a polypice in his heart even three years before at his own coronation at Frankfurt, frederick the Great's sister had said of him the poor kaiser could not enjoy it much he was dying of gout and gravel, and could scarcely stand on his feet. It is sometimes the fashion to speak of Charles Seventh as a sort of pretender, a Perkin Warbeck, not a genuine emperor at all. Nothing can be more incorrect. He was elected as the other emperors were, and it was Maria Theresa alone who protested during his lifetime. Even if there had been an informality in the election, there was a large majority of voices for charles an unhappy emperor is still an emperor no doubt his death at this conjuncture helped the cause of maria theresa very materially the new elector of bavaria at once made overtures of peace to austria renouncing all his claims to austrian dominions and offering his own vote for the grand duke francis on these terms He secured his own hereditary dominions of Bavaria. Here was another point at which a general peace might have been made, but Maria Theresa's ambition and resentment again stood in the way. In September of this year, 1745, Francis was elected emperor, and shortly afterwards duly crowned at Frankfurt. End of section 22.